All right, everybody, welcome back to the damn Stone Cold Steve Austin Show. I'm your host, Stone Cold Steve Austin, coming to you live today from 316 Avenue, right outside the Broken Skull Ranch. Sitting here, got my dog with me, got me a couple beers, and it's time to talk about the news. Now, the big thing, big thing everyone's been talking to old Stone Cold this week about is about the damn Fight Boys podcast. Now, let me tell you something right now. I never heard of these damn boys, never heard of the Fight Boys, but they've been making news for the past week. Let me tell you something about it. Apparently, after only seven damn episodes of this bullcrap they put out, the Fight Boys have officially imploded. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It appears the BS have broken up, gone their separate ways. Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore have broken up, and where's the Dylan? The Dylan is off with that damn merch money. And everyone's asking me, Steve, Steve, what do you think about this? Well, I have put together a team, a team of damn experts to tell you exactly what to make of this Fight Boys situation. Now, of course, first up, can't talk about the Fight Boys unless you got a Fight Boy himself, which is why I brought on Scotty Moore, one half of the, formerly one half of the BS on the podcast. Scotty, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Um, it's it's good to be on. Well, it's good to have you. B- but uh, everything you've said is, is, is wrong. Uh, the, the, nothing's imploded. Me and Blake haven't broken up, and Dylan certainly hasn't gone off with the merch money. There's no merch money to go off of. Oh, okay, I see. So, he ain't making no damn money, didn't make no damn green, so Dylan took his ball and went home, and it sounds like Blake followed him. No, no, no that's not it at all. It's just... You know, I, Blake was on vacation this week, so he couldn't do it, and Dylan had some family in town, so things that went, all right, I see what it is. So it appears that Blake Tanner and old Dylan have decided to choose family over their damn business. And now, Scotty, let me tell you something. I know you're a beginner in the in the old wrestling industry, but you got to find some people who are dedicated to it, people who are ready to keep... No, no it, they're, it's going to... We're going to be back next week. It's just... A one-week thing, so this week it's going to be a one-man. All right, all right, whatever. Now let's go on to the next person on our podcasting, on our podcasting queue of people. I know, now I know, took he was a big git, took a lot of damn work to get this man here. But ladies and gentlemen, the American Dream, damn Dusty Rhodes is here, and he's here to talk about the Fight Boys. Dusty, what have you got to say? Now listen to this boy. Let me tell you something about the Fight Boys. The Dylan, the BS, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, these men, these men when they together, they shoot for the stars, daddy. But see, see that's the thing, after only seven episodes, they shot for the moon, they landed amongst the stars, and it looks like their heads have gotten too big for their bodies, daddy. They're writing checks their keisters can't cash, and that's the problem here. The problem here is the ego. The ego is too big. It's too big for them. And so that's why you have these problems. You had the Dylan running off because he ain't making no money. You got the Blake running off. You All of them are leaving this podcast because of the ego. Scotty Moore, Scotty Moore dig his own grave. He dug his own grave with this because at the end of the day, he's the one who made these men champions. He's the man who told these men that they are the best in the business. And for that, they're leaving. Wait, wait, no. Uh, Dusty, I hate to interrupt you because, frankly, it's kind of a miracle that you're here anyways. But, like, 
I, yeah, I agree. Blake and Dylan are awesome. They deserve to be champions in the JWF. Like, I deserve to be a champion in the JWF. Uh, I, I think you would agree, Dusty. Like, to be... You have to believe you should be a champion in order to be a champion. That ego kind of comes with it. But that doesn't defeat the fact that this is a one-week thing. They're just gone for a week. This is not going to be a continual... All right, all right, all right. You two quit your squabbling. Because up next on the damn podcast, we have the greatest professional wrestler, in my opinion, of all damn time. He is a 16-time world heavyweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! He's on the podcast. Now, Rick, tell me, what do you think about these fight boys? Now, let me tell you something. I've had my problems with Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. The Dylan, he's a good kid. Good kid. Woo! Nature boy loves him. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, these boys knew they were throwing their hat in the ring among the greats. They were throwing their hat in the pro wrestling podcasting ring among such names as myself. Woo! The Nature Boy! Ric Flair, they were throwing their hat in the rings with people like Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were throwing their hat in the ring with people like 1-900-Wrestling featuring Justin Robert Young, close personal friend of the show. And for that, these boys, these boys realized what had happened. And so they turned tail and they made their way out. Lickety split. Woo! Because to be the man, woo, you gotta beat the man. And they realize that between me and you, Steve, these are a couple of men that they will never, woo, beat. Oh, oh, okay. Rick, I fought you on my other podcast. I'll fight you on this one. Because, A, I'm not afraid to fight you. I know that the podcasting industry is big. I understand that the wrestling podcasting industry, well, any schmuck off the side of the road can have a wrestling podcast. But see, here's the difference. Here's the difference is because every single one of your pathetic podcasts reports on the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor. They get on superstars from the industry, but they don't have the JWF. They don't have their own wrestling show. They don't have something to report on every single week that, hey, no one else can report on because we're the only ones who know what happened. We're the best podcast, Ric Flair, and I'll fight you on that because we are the greatest of all time. And remember, you can't spell the best without BS. So, all right, all right, wait just a minute right here. Whoa, 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 welcome to the damn podcast, Jim Cornette. Here on the show. Now listen here, big man. You can't exactly say this about your own podcast. You only had seven damn episodes. Your head's so far up your ass you can fucking see Scotland from there. What What does that even mean? Doesn't matter what it means. I ran fucking Smoky Mountain for 15 fucking years. I'm so high on coke right now I don't matter. And I got a shoot fight with Vince Russo after this shit. So I'm just here to let you know that I don't give a shit about your damn podcast. All you need to know is to listen to the damn Cornette experience. Follow that on iTunes. 
Follow the damn Stone Cold Steve Austin show. Follow any other show, but don't follow Fight Boys, because Fight Boys is a pile of crap worse than Joey Ryan, Gil Generico, and Kevin Steen could ever put together. All right. Steve, I just need to let you know one thing. Between Jim's damn show, between Rick's show, and let's be honest, if he was still alive, Dusty would have a show now. You are the old guard. We are the new guard. Because this ain't the Stone Cold Steve Austin show anymore. This is Fight Boys! Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Making their way down the aisle. They are the greatest podcasting tag team in all of time and space. They are Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, and they are the B. And joining them, as always, he is the Lord of the Smart Side. He is the Dylan. And together, they are known as the Fight Boys. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Boys, the uh, weekly show where we talk about professional wrestling and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, Scotty Moore, and uh, I am the only host this week, because like I said before, um, Dylan had some family issues this week, he had to change shifts at work, so, so he wasn't available, and then Blake is on vacation, um, in Orlando, which was kind of the weirdest part, is the fact that Blake is literally, like, two miles from me right now, and yet he couldn't record, you know what, I'm not gonna be salty about it, but... I am now alone, which is why I decided instead of having a normal, short, uh, cold open to do that long, ridiculous bullshit you heard before this, um, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. It's probably gonna be a shorter episode, like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna restrict myself to having to speak for an hour, because I've only, I've, I've been doing podcasts for a year, and so therefore I'm like, I really don't want to have to go an hour if I only have material for 30 minutes, you know? So, um, so this week, I actually, there's some, not been a lot of interesting wrestling stuff going on, although, like, um, the Cornette rib that I did in the pre-show is, like, not even a joke. Apparently, Jim Cornette is legitimately challenging Vince Russo to a shoot fight. Um, like, uh, apparently... Cor- yeah, Cornette, or Rusev said, Cornette, Cornette obviously ha- doesn't have half a brain. Wait, what? Cornette ha- doesn't have half a brain. I, I mean, I th- don't know if Rusev understands that that means that he could have a full brain, but it's <laughs> whatever. Um, so apparently, uh, so Russo and Cornette have been going back and forth. And, um, Russo was getting mad because Cornette wouldn't come on his show or do a podcast or anything to try to settle their differences, at which Corny comes back and says, so you want to make challenges about going on people's podcasts and giving the money to charity and all this other stuff? Because you know that ain't going to happen because we got nothing to talk about. 
but I'm making you a legitimate offer. I swear on my mother's grave, if you give me a date, a time, and an address, I'll meet you there and I'll bring five grand in cash and as long as the rules are no cops, no guns, and no knives, and what happens, happens. And if you don't fucking take me up on that, you piece of shit, then shut your fucking dick licker from now on. Jesus. Cornette is quite possibly the greatest wordsmith of our generation in the field of telling Vince Rizzo to kiss your ass. Like, any, I think any other field, Cornette would be like, ah, he's probably like 10th. However, when it comes to, like, telling Russo, hey, fuck you, Cornette will kill it. Um, let's see. You've been found out. Nobody believes in you anymore. Everyone knows what you're all about. You stabbed everybody in the back you've ever worked with. You killed guys' careers with your goofy gimmicks. You made the wrestling business a fucking joke with your fucking ADD booking and your Jerry Springer show horse shit. And most of all, you're a piece of fucking shit and I'll prove it. Send me the date, the time, and the place or shut the fuck up. Fuck. Damn. Jim Cornette. Oh, man. And, uh, and then apparently Russo responded, uh, saying, would I fight Jim Cornette? Now this is just becoming the Scotty Impression Hour, where I just read what people have said. Uh, well, in order to, uh, let's see, well, in order to answer, would I fight Jim Cornette? Well, in order to answer that, you have to look at him. You have to look at that barn door wide ass. You have to look at his Kamala belly. You have to look at those Gumby arms. Would I want to mix it up with somebody like that? I'd have to be out of my mind, because no doubt, nice ass kick will be coming my way. So, yes, I'm afraid of Jim Cornette's ripped, chiseled stomach. And then at this point, uh, he makes fun of Jim for offering $5,000. I think Jim still thinks we're in Memphis circa 1970 when $5,000 actually meant something. Jim, $5,000 is not a lot of money. Um, As as a man who, who, who is, like, in the working class, hey, Roosie, $5,000 is a lot of money. I'd do a lot. I would fight Jim Cornette for $5,000. I'd, yeah, I'd, I would let Jim Cornette just beat me up for $5,000. I'd be like, yeah, fine, go with it. Uh, at which point, then later, Russo then apologized. Uh, Jim, I apologize, and I apologize for a lot of things. First and foremost, I want to apologize for you blowing out your knees when you fell off that scaffold because you're a mark who didn't know how to take a bump. I want to apologize for you putting Spooky Mountain Wrestling out of business. I want to apologize for you being fired from Ring of Honor. I want to apologize for you being fired from WWE for assaulting someone else. I want to apologize because I'm from New York. I want to apologize because in my entire life I was never fixing to do anything. And I want to apologize that I don't believe the Dukes of Hazard is a re- reality show. What I'd like to apologize that I never went on national television and dressed like the village idiot, says Russo, who apparently has never seen what Vince Russo looks like on television. Jesus. Vince, like, just lays in the cornet, but uh, it really is, like, the ultimate battle of just two people shouting into the wind because, I don't know, like... Uh, Vince and Jim have gone back and forth for a while, but, like, there's no draw to this. Like, that's kind of the thing is, you know, they're saying, hey, $5,000, we'll fight each other, do whatever. Like, 
I don't understand why at this point they're still fighting, you know? Like, I'd understand if there was an angle that could come out of it or something like that, but at this point, it is literally just two people who despise each other. Like, there's no doubt. The wrestling industry can produce some very extreme emotions in people, as evidenced by this podcast, as evidenced by the fact that when I wanted to start a new podcast, the first thing I wanted to do was talk about pro wrestling and all that. It's a very emotional thing. But at the same time, Jesus, guys, like, you're not making money off of this. Both of these people are bookers, people who should be intelligent and know, like, well... If you're going to do something, at least do it to make money or do it to provide some intrigue to the world of pro wrestling. And it's not. Like, it's just two people shouting into the wind. Like, I don't get it. I just don't. Like, um, in happier news, though, apparently, uh, uh, I've got just something to say to Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, for those of you who don't know, a former Ring of Honor wrestler, one of my favorite former Ring of Honor wrestlers, actually, he was part of Scum with, uh, Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens, he was part of a bunch of different groups, he had, like, a lot of really interesting stuff, like, I really like Jimmy Jacobs because he's a guy who's, like, really interesting, but here's the thing I want to say to Jimmy Jacobs, Jimmy Jacobs, do you know what happens when you get hired by the WWE? Do you know what happens when you get hired by the WWE to be a writer and you get approached? What happens when you get approached by the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla? Do you know what happens, Jimmy? Do you know what happens when you're asked to make a gimmick for him? Do you know what happens, Jimmy? You just made the list! Yep, apparently, Jimmy Jacobs is the voice behind the list. I'm excited, like, uh... uh uh, yeah, Jericho was interviewed, and he was just like, yeah, this guy's a writer named Jimmy Jacobs. He came up to me and said, what if we do something where you put someone on the list of people you don't like? Uh, and then, you know, it ended up getting a reaction on par with, like, the stupid idiot stuff. And it's just – that's my favorite thing about Chris Jericho is, like, he's just kind of so over the top. It doesn't matter if he's a heel or a babyface. It just kind of gets over because it gets over. And that's why, I like, like, apparently, um, uh, apparently he wanted to leave wrestling because once he turned babyface, he was like, it, it was just a ticking clock at that point, which I agree with because when he, what was it? Was it last year? No, yeah, it was last year before the Y2AJ stuff, like when Y2AJ st- started, when he was still a babyface, like, I don't know, I did not like Chris Jericho as a babyface because, like, if he tries to be anything other than what he is, which is just kind of like this coked-up, crazy rock star guy, it doesn't work. Like, if he tries to play, like, this sympathetic babyface, unless there's, like, a really good angle behind it, I I don't like Chris Jericho as a babyface. Like, I think there are people who are good babyfaces when the storyline dictates it, like Chris Jericho, like the reason why you felt for him as a babyface wasn't because he plays a good babyface. It's because like fucking Kevin Owens broke up their friendship, and so therefore y- you cheer for Jericho because of what Kevin Owens did for him. He's not a babyface at at 
I guess the best way I could describe it, he's not a baby face because he's a baby face. He's a baby face because Kevin Owens is a heel. There are people who are very good natural baby faces, like John Cena, and a lot of people who are just, like, very naturally likable, and therefore you're like, yeah, that dude. But then there are people, that, and I think this is the problem that WWE has, where, like, they're only baby faces for the sake of, like, having good heels to work with. And that's kind of what I think WWE needs to work on is finding people who are just kind of expose how naturally likable they are, which is kind of what that's what I like they did with almost like with Enzo and Cass. Like Enzo is such a naturally like I don't know if likable because I don't think I could hang out with Enzo for longer than like five minutes, but he is like a naturally like oh this dude is exciting and he's you know he's someone you could get behind. So that's. That's kind of what it is. You need to keep building people who are good, natural baby faces as opposed to having people who are baby faces out of the sake of... I, I guess out of the sake of being a baby face, you know? Like, even... I, just, I was about to bring JWF booking into this. Like, hey, like, you know, we kind of have a baby face champion who is a baby face just because he's going against heels at this point. Um... But yeah, uh, speaking of JWF, uh, the money, a uh, cash in the bag, uh, cash in the bag pay-per-view is this Sunday, along with the money in the bank pay-per-view. And speaking of pay-per-views, apparently Great Balls of Fire is just, they're doubling down on how just dick-based Great Balls of Fire is, because apparently they released a new logo for it, which they immediately pulled, because it just straight up looks like a dick and balls, dude, like... The more you look at, like, when you glance at it, you can be like, oh, okay, it's like fireballs. But, like, it's two fireballs right next to each other with just a single stream of fire shooting out the back. And you're like, that has to be a dick. And it's even better because people in WWE know because someone tweeted Sasha Banks and was like, yo, does this look like a dick and balls? And Sasha was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to say no to that. Yeah, it straight up looks like a dick and balls. Um, It's just weird that they I don't know because I think Vince has a very like oh this would be funny and so he would I, I don't know if they didn't know that it was looked like a dick I think they knew and we're just like well we're gonna put out this it's gonna look like a dick and it's gonna be hilarious um speaking of hilarity though Apparently, as excited I am, and then apparently the next weeks I'm going to be moving out of Orlando, and I'm, I'm excited, but just in the ultimate act of saying fuck you to me, WWE is apparently about to build a theme park. Um, nothing is confirmed as of now, but they've been working with Forex, which is an international entertainment design company, uh, their description, not mine. And I'm just like, theme park people! But they've been working with WWE to make theme park attractions. And I am kind of, like, hype about this. Um, uh, prospective projects include rides with signature moves like the Moonsault, the Rock Bottom, and one geared around Suplex City. Uh, a rebranded ride on the Sledgehammer and a dark ride called Road to WrestleMania. That would be badass. The dark ride, I think, would be really, really cool. My thing is, like, I feel like because WWE is, like, you know, they're all about thrills and being the ultimate thrill ride, that there would just be so much, so many, like, roller coasters and stuff like that. Although they do have some other stuff. Uh, the Andre the Giant Funhouse, 
I don't know why Andre would be behind a fun house, but okay. And the WWE House of Horrors, which would have, like, The Undertaker and The Boogeyman, it would be a haunted house thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of... I'm just trying to think of just, like, the what they would be. Like, Suplex City, I guess, could just be, like, a bunch of... Like, a roller coaster, but Brock is Suplex. I don't know. It's It's one of those things that I'm like, this is just such a big concept that I can't even grasp. And it's kind of a thing of, like, I, I feel like it's going to be very... It's something that sparks your imagination, and this is something that WWE is very good at, is doing something that sparks your imagination to go, like, oh, what if this happened, and what if this happened, or what if this happened, but the problem is their follow-through with it isn't that good. So with all these ideas they have, like, Suplex City, you could have, like, these light-up versions of Brock on the side of a, a roller coaster, and as they go across each one, it looks like B- Brock suplexing the cars. Meanwhile, when it actually comes out, it's just like a normal roller coaster, like it's just like the Hulk. Um, I don't know, like, Triple H's Sledgehammer kind of sounds like one of those, like, the spinning, like, I, it's not at, like, a, a Disney World or Universal, but one of those, like, really crappy small-town circus rides where it's just a small thing at the bottom of a stick and the stick swings in the air. I could see something like that, like a... Uh, and then apparently there's also a roller coaster held up by a large John Cena. Because, you know, why not at this point? I, it's just, I don't get it. Apparently they're trying to do it to be around the Hall of Fame. And I'm kind of down with that. If they're just like, hey, this is going to be part of a Hall of Fame. Not the theme park, though. Like, I'm fine if there's, like, a little WWE land with some small rides, but I do not want a WWE theme park, because it'd be a bit crazy. Um, Speaking of crazy things, though, it's kind of crazy that you can buy merch for this shit. That was a terrible... This was... was, I'm sorry, I'm also recording this at 2.30, so if I sound tired, that's why. But yeah, speaking of crazy, we have shirts! Uh, yeah, it's weird. If you go to merch.aloadofpurebs.com and click on the load of BS section, you can actually, or click on the Fight Boys section, you can actually buy merchandise for the show. You can buy the, uh, Reed Peeper shirt that Guy Fieri is gonna wear this Sunday as he tries to get back, get back his celebrity championship from, uh, from Tim Curry. You can wear the King of the Rat Baby shirt, celebrating Connor, the Rat Baby King. Uh, we have the shirt for the Momoa Club, a VWO shirt. We've got a bunch of shirts over at Merch.Aload of Pure BS. Go pick you up one today, because there's a pay-per-view coming, ladies and gentlemen. There is a pay-per-view for the JWF. That's right. Cash in the bag. A pay-per-view where we're going to have... Like I just mentioned, Guy Fieri with his uh, Saviors of Flavor, the most dominant uh, most dominant assistants I've ever seen in our industry, the Saviors of Flavor, taking on Tim Curry for the Celebrity Championship. Uh, we have, we've got uh, the Dylan, our JWF World Heavyweight Champion, uh, taking on uh, two competitors, taking on Brunch Boy, Baron Corbett, and of course our former champion Momoa Curry this Sunday in a triple threat match. It's really going to be a test of Dylan's skill to see if he can take on these two competitors. And then of course, the cash in the bag match. 
where six men, six men get into a ring and fight to climb a ladder, to climb to the top, to become the JWF cash in the bag holder. And what does cash in the bag do, ladies and gentlemen? Well, it gives you an opportunity. It gives you an opportunity at any time to grab that cash in that bag and use it to become the next JWF World Heavyweight Champion. That's right. It is a guaranteed world title match whenever the user wants to do it. It could be when the Dylan is distracted. It could be it could be when the Dylan is like injured. And so, and all of that's going to be this Sunday at the Cash in the Bag match. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've been told that apparently the Cash in the Bag match is very, very similar to a pay-per-view that apparently WWE is putting on called the Money in the Bank. Is it Money in the Bank I'm seeing? Yeah, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is going to be this Sunday. And I figure since since it's this Sunday, we might as well do a little bit of predictions. See see what we think, what we think could happen. It looks like we have, uh, let's see, we have Naomi versus Lana. And Lana just made her debut. And I I hate to say it, but I kind of want to give it to Lana, right? Because they've been talking a lot about Lana having this very big push behind her. Obviously, as a baby face, not as a heel. But at the same time, I love the idea of Lana just coming back, winning the title, and then maybe, I don't know, having Charlotte or some heel win the Money in the Bank women's match. And so then when she gets cashed in on... Actually, that wouldn't be bad. Have ugh. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to swap my predictions around a little bit. But we have the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's title. Uh, it's Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Natalia, Tamina, and Carmella. Um, I don't know. I wanted to give it to a heel. I don't know if Charlotte is technically a heel or a babyface right now. Um, let's see. I mean, yep, she's technically a face, according to Wikipedia. So I don't want to give it to her. I don't think Natalia would be good for it. So Tamina or Carmella. But Carmella's thing with James Ellsworth is a bit much right now. You know what? No, no, no. I'm going to say it. My baby Mella. My baby Mella. I love Carmella. She's one of my favorites. In fact, I don't know why. I think it was, it was an NXT show I went to in Nashville once, and Carmella got injured on the show. And for some reason, like, they pulled her out of the ring right next to me. And, like, when you see the pain on someone's face after they just, like, finished a match, you're just kind of like, I sympathize with you. I sympathize with you and I feel your pain. And that happened with Carmella. So it happened. I was just like, I'm in love with you now. You're mine. I love you, Carmella. And then I realized that she and Big Cass are together. And I was like, I love you from a distance, platonically. Um, But, yeah, I think I'm going to give them... I'm going to give the money... I was about to call it the cash in the bag. That's a totally different match. But the money in the bank ladder match uh, for the women's, I'm going to give it to Carmella. Then we do Naomi versus Lana. Lana wins it. Carmella... I don't want to... I was about to say through a double turn, but I must say Lana basically kind of Tommy Dreamer babyface turns to where, like, you know, she's just taking a lot of punishment, so the crowd gets behind her. She finally wins it. Then Carmella immediately cashes in after she's just so injured and so beaten. And so then you have Lana Babyface turn, Carmella as the women's champion with James Ellsworth as her like little troll doll, and that's gonna be that's gonna be it. That's gonna that that's what I'm saying. Carmella wins Money in the Bank, Lana wins the title, and Carmella 
cashes in that night. Um, then we have our tag match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship as the Usos take on the returning New Day. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see New Day immediately take the titles because I love the, the New Day are my spirit animals. You know, I've always loved the New Day. I was I, I remember uh, back when they were heels. Uh, even then sharing like new day rocks and then later seeing the new day going to their car outside and being like, yeah, new day. They're like, you didn't cheer us inside. I'm like, no, no, I did. And then I'm like, even wearing the horn, like, look at my face. I love you, new day. Um, but I just think, I, I don't know. I think Usos, I like what the Usos have been doing. You know, I'd rather wait and save it for like a fatal four way match at like Subber slam or something. To where you have the Usos, New Day, Breezango, uh, and the greatest tag team of all time, the Ascension, in a fatal four-way match. And then New Day can grab it then, or even give it to Breezango then. But So, yeah, I'm going to give it to the Usos right now. Uh, we have Jinder Mahal with the Bollywood Boys versus Randy Orton. You know, a month ago, a month ago, this would have been an easy answer. I'd be like, nope. Or I thought it was an easy answer. I thought it would have been like, nope, Jinder Mahal will never be champion, and Randy Orton wins the title. Um, now that Jinder is champion and Randy is just randying around again, I'm just like, ah, it's gotta be Jinder. Jinder Mahal's gonna win it. Like, um, yeah, I, I say Jinder keeps his title and he's gonna hold it for a while, I think, which is weird to say after, you know, the 50 years that he's had. Um, and then we have the Money in the Bank ladder match, which has always been my favorite match of all time. That's why... I'm excited to have the Cash in the Bag pay-per-view this Sunday. I'm excited to work on that, and that's why I'm excited for this Sunday when Money in the Bank happens. Um, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura. The best part, you know, <laughs> well, I just want to say to WWE, fuck you, I gave Baron Corbin a title shot before you did, but straight up, it's brunch time, baby. Brunch boy Baron Corbin gonna get that briefcase. <laughs> Just because, like, Kevin has had the Universal title. There's no reason. AJ has had it for so long. Like, it, it literally helped define SmackDown for a while. So I don't want to give it to him. Um, I'd love for Sami Zayn to have it. And I'm sure there's... I'm almost positive there's going to be an amazing... Because there's always one tease moment. There's a great tease moment in the Money in the Bank match where, like, the guy who's definitely not getting it is on top of the ladder and is grabbing it, and there's no one in the ring, and then suddenly someone runs in. Like, I, I was it last year or the year before where Kofi Kingston did it? And I just remember beforehand, I was like, no, Kofi Kingston's going to win it this year, and the, the tease happened. I was like, oh, my God, Kofi Kingston's actually going to win it this year? And then someone shoved him off, and I was like, ah, damn it. It was so close. Um, Dolph Ziggler is just floating floating in nothingness right now like ah, ziggy what happened to you man i don't know i think ziggler i think ziggler is like not at all in in wwe anymore like during i think he got real got cm punk syndrome really quick the only difference is cm punk was able to kind of use that chip on his shoulder to fuel promos whereas dolph is just like i don't care whatever guys motley crew yeah, am I right? And that's kind of where he is. And then, of course, Shinsuke Nakamura, he doesn't need money in the bank, you know? Like, uh, when John Cena came back, what was it? Was it this year? And was just basically like, 
hey, I'm getting a title shot because I'm John Cena, fuck you. And everyone's like, oh, that's kind of fucked up, but he's kind of right. He is John Cena. He can do that. I think Shinsuke is kind of on the same level where if Shinsuke came out and was just like, I did a funny hand thing. I strutted to the ring. Violins played. The crowd is still chanting my song. Give me the WWE Championship. Everyone be like, yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's earned it. He's Shinsuke Nakamura. So, yeah, I think Shinsuke doesn't doesn't need it. Dolph doesn't deserve it, for lack of a better word. Sammy is too... I, I've learned, I've become jaded. Sammy is too much of the best choice. Uh, AJ doesn't really need it right now. Big Kev is the face of America, so why would he take it? And then, of course, we've just got brunch time. Brunch time bearing Corbin. And who knows? After this, after this Saturday... I'm going to keep switching between this Sunday and this Saturday when I'm talking about cash in the bag. But just know it will be up on the BS YouTube page this Saturday. But I may say this Sunday just because it sounds better for a pay-per-view. But that's right. This Sunday, Baron Corbin could become your WWE champion. And this Saturday, Baron Corbin could become your JWF World Heavyweight Champion. Baron Corbin could be a two-time champion. He could hold two belts. He'll come out on on SmackDown next week holding both belts high above his head like, I've done it. I've got the two greatest belts from the two greatest organizations. Um, but the only way to find out is to watch Money in the Bank this Sunday and to watch Cash in the Bag on the BS YouTube page this Saturday. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I already talked about it. This Saturday, the Cash in the Bag ladder match the cash in the bag jwf championship match the jwf celebrity match it's all happening this saturday on the official bs youtube page you can also find it on our website a load of pure bs.com it's just basically a running blog of everything we post whether it's on uh me and blake's other show a load of bs whether it's on here whether it's just a random thing on youtube or something random i write it's all going to be on our brand new website a load of pure bs.com it's just the bs network's brand new website i'm really hype about it i'm real excited but before we move on to the part everyone's waiting for, JWF, I do want to talk to you guys about a little thing called Patreon.com. And uh, I don't know. I think there's some people who don't get the concept of Patreon. Patreon's very simple. All Patreon.com is is a thing where you can basically give back. Give back to the people who do these shows. Give back to me. Give back to Blake. Give back to, uh, I was about to call him Baron Corbin. Give back to the Dylan and kind of help pay for costs. Because when I got into podcasting, I was like, oh, podcasting. I just upload things on the internet and go. Kind of like when I started YouTube, I'm like, yeah, that's all it is. Upload and go. And so I was like, podcasting will be the same thing. No, guys, this costs money. It's weird. It costs money to keep up our uh, up our merch store. It costs money to keep up our podcast. It keeps money to keep up the website. And if you just go over to patreon.com and shoot us a buck, It'll help out. What it is, is basically it's a reoccurring, almost like a subscription to the show. And every single month, you uh, just pay us a little money, pay whether that be a dollar, whether that be $2. Uh, and it kind of helps out with us. And we aren't going to leave you hanging. We aren't going to leave you high and dry. We will give some special things on the website. For instance, we're going to have uh, probably some exclusive videos of me and Blake playing uh, JWF 2K17, also known as just going into 2K, WWE 2K17 and making our own 
uh, thing. Uh, we're going to do some stuff like that, and it will be exclusive posts for our patrons. Uh, but we do have some perks depending on how much you donate. Donate a dollar or more per month, and you'll make your debut in JWF. Uh, probably just getting jobbed out in one episode, but you will have your name said. Your character will be defined. Uh, you guys can create your character, or you can tell me your character. I don't care. Um, donate $5, though, like my dad has, and you get to join us in a storyline. You can run for the title, or like my dad, you can become a member of the cash in the bag ladder match and have a chance to win that la go up that ladder, win it. Who knows what could happen? And that's if you donate five dollars. You're basically a JWF mid carder at that point. But donate thirty dollars a month, ladies and gentlemen. Thirty dollars a month. And I'm not saying you can buy your. Well, I'm not saying yeah, except bribery to give you the JWF championship. But donate thirty dollars a month. And I will do the heaviest. I will give you a Roman Reigns-esque push to the top. And depending on how the crowd reacts by the end of it, you may become JWF champion. Now, I am unlike WWE in that if the crowd begins to boo your character, I will not give you the title. I'm sorry, I won't. Unless you're just like the ultimate heat magnet and I can use that to be turn you heel. But otherwise, uh... You may become JWF champion if you donate $30 a month over at patreon.com slash fightboys. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's time. It's time for the JWF. That's right, the premier wrestling organization in Birmingham, Alabama, which I actually think they're a real... There are actual good Birmingham like wrestling organizations, which are going to be very upset that I'm saying that. But it is the premier Birmingham, Alabama wrestling organization. And uh, it's also the segment where I talk the most as the other two guys just kind of sit. But um, which is why I'm going to be very happy about this segment, because I don't have to worry about anything. Um, so... Now, uh, we're going to start off the show today by talking about last week when a uh, little, uh, little bit of problem brewing between our two champions, between our tag team champion, Blake Tanner, also known as the B, and of course our JWF, ta or a JWF World Heavyweight Championship, the Dylan. Uh, the two began to fight over the use of the the at the beginning of their name. Uh, and so they kind of agreed there could only be one the in the JWF, and they'd settle it this week. And so our first match this night is going to be a very match-heavy episode of the JWF this week, but the D takes on the B for use of the V. And the match, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When you see two champions go at it, you remember why you love this sport so much. The two had a beautifully technically orchestrated match as they just kind of kept... I don't know what it was. It was almost like trying to earn the respect of the other. Because in a match like this, where you're facing for something so precious as your name, at the end of the day, Blake could still call himself the B. It doesn't matter if the match was lost or not. Uh, the Dylan can't really stop him from calling himself the B. And so at the end of the day, this match was really about respect. And the respect of saying, hey, if I defeat you, you let me have the V. You know, it's it, it's kind of a beautiful, poetic thing, and uh, nearing the end of the match, it almost seemed like uh, it almost seemed like Blake Tanner had the had the Dylan on the ropes, uh, grabbed him, hit the D the BDT on the outside of the ring, ran in the ring, 
is about to be counted out. The Dylan sweeps into the ring last minute, but then Blake picks him up. Hits the B staying out of nowhere. Goes for the pin. One, two, but right before that three counter can happen, Momoa Curry. Momoa Curry, Dylan, one of Dylan's challengers this Sunday at Cash in the Bag, ran into the ring and began attacking both of them with a steel chair. The referee, referee was shocked. Referee was shocked and called a double disqualification, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, a double DQ. We will not find out today who the true the is because of dastardly, that dastardly Momoa Curry who has uh, tossed Blake Tanner out of the ring. Looks like he's tossed Blake out of the ring. The crowd is booing. He's picked up Dylan and has just begun spearing his body over and over, picking him up, spearing him again, picking him up, spearing him in half, but wait. Oh, it's him, it's Brunch Boy. Baron Corbin, he's run out to the ring. He's actually, he took off his sun hat, he threw it in Momoa's face and blinded him, and has tossed him out of the ring, saving the Dylan. And of course, he picks the Dylan off the ground, but right before, right before, Dylan could shake his hand. Brunch Boy picked him up, hit the Mimosan arrow straight down the middle, laying out the Dylan, running to the outside and grabbing the JWF title, holding it high above his, above his head. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I have seen, I've seen a lot of people in my day, and I've seen a lot of people go for World Heavyweight Championships and I have never seen anybody go with the verve and the vigor that Brunch Boy Baron Corbin has been going towards this title. He, he it almost seems like, it, it seems like a righteous path at this point. And the crowd is with him. The crowd is cheering so much that the beloved Dylan, uh, uh, someone who the crowd has loved for so long, even the Dylan is getting booed at this point because they just have that attachment to Brunch Boy. And so, uh... I, I don't know. I, I, if I had to make a prediction, ladies and gentlemen, I'd say this Sunday at JWF Cash in the Bag, we're going to have a new JWF champion. And his name will be Brunch Boy Baron Corbin. But enough about the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. I want to move on to the JWF Celebrity Championship. That's right. WWE has their Celebrity Hall of Fame. Well, I figure if the celebrity is going to get in the Hall of Fame, they need to have a championship of their own. Which is why this Sunday, we have our champion taking on the former champion, Guy Fieri, uh, in what should be a vicious match because Tim Curry, our beloved JWF champion, he's been incensed. He's been incensed over the last few weeks ever since Guy Fieri brought in the men he dubbed the saviors of flavor. Men in black masks, black tank tops. No one knows who lay behind the masks. All we know is that Tim Curry despises them. I don't know if it's because of their association with Guy Fieri. I don't know if Tim Curry knows who it is behind the masks. But Tim Curry hates these men. And last week he decided to make a challenge. A challenge to Guy Fieri and the saviors of flavor. Telling them that if he can beat them. Both of the saviors in a handicap match this week, they will be banned from ringside for his match against Guy Fieri because he knows that if there's anything that's going to let Guy Fieri win that title, it's going to be the saviors of flavor. And the match, the match was, it was kind of horrifying to watch because I've never seen this side of Tim Curry come out. He's always been a very a gentlemanly person. He's carried himself 
such high regard, such high respect. That's kind of what's endeared him to the crowd is how much they res he respects them. But with the saviors of flavor, Tim was destroying them. He was ripping them limb from limb, tossing them into each other until they were bloodied and bruised. And it got, it was almost like something, something wicked took over Tim Curry tonight because the ref kept trying to pull him off, pull him off, threatening to disqualify him. But Tim Curry didn't care. He actually took one of the one of the saviors ran off, and Tim Curry just kept assaulting one in the corner, taking his metallic robotic legs and just tossing them into the savior's ribs, breaking them instantly, laying them out in the ring. I. I think, if I remember correctly, there's blood. There's blood coming out of his mouth. Tim Curry is destroying him. The ref's trying to pull him off, but Tim has tossed the ref to the side. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Curry's been disqualified. Uh, apparently, Guy Fieri... Guy Fieri's gonna have the saviors of flavor at his corner, but I don't know how good they're gonna be. There's... The one who ran to the back is should be safe, but this man... This man in this ring is nearly destroyed. We've got the we've got our ambulance coming out, taking taking the savior onto it. Tim is looking at his hands. He doesn't know what he's done as they're carting off this destroyed, beaten man. Is he's spitting out teeth, and Tim is just staring at his hands and smiling. He's wicked in this moment. I've never seen Tim Curry like this. The crowd. The crowd has gone silent because they can't believe what they've seen their hero do. And so it looks like this Sunday, Tim Curry. And so it looks like this Saturday, Guy Fieri is going to have the saviors in his corner. But I don't know how much good they're going to do because he's going to be taking on a new wicked Tim Curry. And I don't know what what he's going to bring this Sunday, Saturday, whatever. And now, ladies and gentlemen, moving on from that, I just think we need to get on to the main event of the evening, which is a fatal four-way match to determine who will be the last man, the last man standing in the JWF cash-in-the-bag match. We already know we have the VWO, in the match, we have uh, we have the team of Travis and Justin Clouds in the match. But, of course, this Sunday, they will not be teammates. They will not be brothers. They will be against each other. We have Scotty Moore in the match. We have uh, Canada Charlie, a relative newcomer to the JWF in the match. And, of course, we do have Scott Moore, Scotty Moore's dad, in the match. And uh, this fatal four-way is interesting because... Uh, Captain Tibbs, of course, had the night off, the owner of the JWF, and he was supposed to book the match. But instead, he decided to let the four main groups in the cash-in-the-bag match pick who they wanted to join them in the match. In other words, the VWO get to choose someone to be in the match. Canada Charlie gets to choose someone to be in the match. Scotty does. Scotty's dad does. Everyone gets to choose someone to be in the match. And let me tell you something. I think everyone has made some excellent choices. Travis and Justin came out and let them all know that they weren't going to be the only members of the VWO in there this Sunday because their brother Griffin came out to fight for his way into the match. Uh, Scotty, Scotty's dad came out, and of course, after last week's loss to the VWO, uh, Scott kind of felt a little guilty because 
it didn't allow Blake Tanner to be in the match, and so therefore, he gave Blake another shot. So Blake Tanner is in the Fatal 4-Way. Uh, Canada Charlie came out and introduced the JWF to the Mountie, um, or who he called the Mountie. Uh, there were a bit of cheers because it was apparently actually Dean Ambrose just in the Mountie costume. He made no reference to the fact that he was Dean Ambrose. Uh, made no reference to anything. But apparently it was the Mountie, as called by Canada Charlie. And then, of course, we had Scotty come out to make his choice. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Now, to be honest with you, to be completely and totally honest with you, my dad took my choice. Because after last week, I, I, was, I was pissed. I, I couldn't believe what had happened. I, I, we lost. But... I know someone better. And Blake, I know you're already in the ring, and you hate to hear your tag team partner say this, but I know someone more deserving of a JWF World Championship shot than you. <laughs> and when I say that about my best friend, you know I'm talking about someone who's important. I'm talking about somebody who should be a JWF World Heavyweight Champion. I'm talking about someone who, in any industry, he should deserve to be the World Heavyweight Champion. I don't care if it's Ring of Honor, if it's TNA, if it's NXT. In fact, I'll say it right now. The man who I choose to be in this fatal four-way should be the next WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's Connor time, baby! Oh, my God! It's Connor! King of the Rat Babies, Connor of the Ascension, has debuted in the JWF. Oh my god, he's come out in his beautiful fur coat. He's, he's playing to the crowd. The crowd is going wild. And now this fatal four-way has begun, ladies and gentlemen. As Blake and Griffin, the Mountie, Rat Boy Connor, they all fight each other for an opportunity to be in the cash in the bag match. But see, the problem, ladies and gentlemen, the problem we're having right now is Blake and Griffin, they hate each other. They hate each other so much. They, they almost became a canceling force in this match. And so, at this point, it, it's all Canada Charlie's cho choice, the Mountie, and Scotty's choice, Ratboy Connor. Uh, Griff, or Griffin and Blake seem to be fighting around the ring while these two get it on in the ring. Uh, looks like, oh... The Mountie's going for Dirty Deeds, even though he's not Dean Ambrose, but he goes for Dirty Deeds. I don't really understand it. Uh, but, Connor reverses. Connor reverses. He hits the rat attack. Oh my god, Connor's done it. Connor's done it, and he's pitting him. One, two, oh, but Blake Tanner, Blake breaks it up. Very last moment, but Griffin pulls him off, picks him up, hits a one-person under Vapor on him, tossing him out of the ring, and apparently he went to pin, uh, went to pin, uh, the Mountie after he got that horrible, that horrible rat attack on him, but Connor picks him up, oh, and he's picked up the Mountie with him, two men at once, hits a two-man rat attack, goes for the pin, one, two, three, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have, we have someone new debuting in the JWF, we have a new force on the scene, and he's going to be in the Cash in the Bag Championship match, and his name, his name is Connor of the Ascension, the King of the Rat Babies.
So, after that amazing display from Connor, my uh, my thoughts are all jumbled. I don't know what to I don't know what to say at this point. Because obviously beforehand I was thinking like maybe Scotty could win the match easily. Justin of the VWO, he's a shoe in. He's one of the most powerful men in the JWF. But now with Connor, all of my theories have been thrown off. Like. You can kind of estimate, based on who's in the match, who would defeat who, who would slowly whittle down. But now that Connor's in, it's thrown everything off whack. I don't know. So if I had to make a prediction, ladies and gentlemen, Ratboy Connor is here, and Ratboy Connor is here to stay. He is Mr. Cash in the Bag. But the only way to find out if any of my little predictions today will come true is to tune in this Saturday on the BS's YouTube channel. To check it out. To just see who will be the cat, Mr. Cash in the back. Will it be Scott Moore? Will it be Ratboy Connor? My prediction. Will it be Justin Travis? Will it be Canada Charlie? Will it be Scotty Moore? Who knows? All you have to do is tune in this Saturday to find out. On the BS's YouTube channel. Check it out. It's Cash in the Bag. And it's going to be the greatest pay-per-view you'll see this weekend. I, I'm now quietly crossing my fingers, hoping that Money in the Bank bombs. Just so then it'll be like, oh shit, we were! We were actually pretty damn good! Awesome! Um, so that's our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry that it had to be short. Uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm one man here. So, you know, if, if we could estimate from this podcast how much of the podcast is usually me talking, it's about, you know... 50 minutes and then the other 10 minutes for the other guys talking. I don't know. I like to hear the sound of my voice. But, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find me elsewhere on the internet, you can find me at Scotty Mo on Twitter. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy my book, Queasel Corp, on Amazon. That's Q-U-E-Z-A-L-C-O-R-P. You can find me and all the other great BS Network shows on a load of purebs.com. So you can go check out, uh, go check out a, uh, what is the other show I do? A Load of BS, the show I do with Blake Tanner. You can check out everything on a load of purebs.com. And uh, make sure to rate us on iTunes, subscribe to us. Make sure we get some reviews in, just so people kind of understand, like, hey, we're not a shitty show that only has one co-host, only one host every once in a while. And as always, ladies and gentlemen... Make sure to buy our merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com in that Fight Boys section. Make sure to find us on Facebook. Make sure to tweet us on Twitter at Fight Boys. Subscribe to the Patreon. Find us on YouTube. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>